Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and we are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, welcome back to today's show. Thank you so much. It's going to be a great show. And the topic of today's show, guys, is seven proven ways to make you money now. Seven proven ways to make you money now. And before we get to today's topic, um, a recurring theme that I'm hearing from pretty much all my private clients, I'm hearing it from uh, quite a few of the free coaching calls that I do as well, and, you know, we talk with our, all of our other coaches. We talk with all of our staff. I regularly, and Julie regularly communicates with everybody that works as part of our business, asking for essentially their view of what's happening with their personal coaching clients. And everybody's saying the same thing. Ready for it? The momentum is building, if not falling off. This is the first time, and I mentioned this the past few days, I'm mentioning this continuously because it's really important to you guys really get clear in your head that if you're personally not building momentum in your own real estate practice, that you need to be doing something about it because pretty much everything else is. In other words, this is the first time in the probably easily the last seven years where the housing market hasn't dropped off uh, you know, this time of year. I mean, you guys will remember, especially over the last five years, it's always been September and October, things just drop like a rock. It's not happening this time of year, is it, Joy? No, not at all. In fact, if anything, it's picking up speed. Most of our agents that we're coaching personally have more listing inventory now than they've had all year, not to mention what they have in the pipeline. You know, I think of all my calls today, the least in the pipeline is maybe five new will-come committed listings. So that's momentum for you. That, I can't remember another year where I could say that almost across the board. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, you just bring something else up, Julie. The other thing I'm starting to hear from all my private clients are you guys gathering listing leads uh, and not actually taking listings. You guys are already yeah. hearing – the usual seasonal objection. You know what? We should do a call on that. i got to write mm-hmm. that down. We should do a radio show on yep. that. Holiday but objections. All the usual, it, it has right? just started. I would agree with that. Yep. You know what? I'm going to write that down before I forget. Seasonal mm-hmm. objections. That's <laughs> coming your way sometime probably this week. Yeah, so you guys are starting to hear a lot of the, well, we're going to wait until spring, and we're going to try it later, and we're going to do all the rest of it. The problem with um, succumbing to all those typical seasonal type objections, especially when it's only September, is that you won't get most of those listings. When someone says, I'm going to relist in the spring, what they're really saying is, if you were to ask me a little bit more aggressively, in other words, using scripts that basically would help me understand the importance of having it for sale now, opposed to waiting to the spring, you know, then I'd list it with you. So if you're, if you're hearing a lot of objections from folks saying, I'm just going to wait to the spring, and then you're basically writing them on a list and planning on doing lead follow-up and all these other types of things agents say, you won't get those listings. You have to be really clear in your head. Nine times out of ten, if you get a call me back later, you're never going to get it. Subconsciously, you did not convince them that, they, that you are the agent uh, for them. Now, 
Why do they want to list now versus listing in the spring? Well, we'll talk about that on another radio show, but I'll give you the biggest reason, and we just talked about it, that we're building momentum now. There is a lot of activity in the housing market. There's no reason to believe that that activity will be consistent, you know, at being at this level in the spring. So this might be one of the best times to sell for years. And you could just show them the actual housing data to support what you're saying. Um, so anyway, we'll talk about that on another radio show. Julie, your coaching clients, anything interesting that you heard today or so far this week? Well, being that they are all so momentously in momentum, a lot of them are fighting some feelings of burnout and, you know, getting rounding out a lot of work. And so there's more work on our part as coaches to keep them motivated and let them know. I mean, two or three times a day I've said, you know, it is okay to take a day off. Give yourself a break. It's not normal to work every single waking hour of every single day. That points to a time management issue. And then I direct them to yesterday's radio show about time management. You know, these things are all related, but it's not normal to work yourself into oblivion, and it's not good for you or your clients. So, you know, we're coaching a lot of top producers, a lot of highly motivated types, and they love working, and that's great until you hit a wall. So there's there's a fair amount of keep the momentum going, but give yourself a little breather. It's okay to do that. A lot of them just, you know, sent their kids back to school, and that was a big thing, and then we're getting ready for the holidays. So this is the time that you really do need to keep that focus because even though a lot of them, you know, like I said, they're really very motivated types, and they'll say things like, well, I always work during the holidays. You don't have to worry about me during that. And I say, right. well, I understand that. We do too, but you know, you might be as motivated as a day is long, but motivating your prospects and clients is what I'm worried about. You know, so, so we want to have maybe more listings than they need, knowing that some might want to take a break. But go ahead. So, Julie, I'm curious. When you have a coaching client who basically is still in goal-accomplishing mode, as all of our personal clients should be, right? So they mm-hmm. haven't followed the typical pattern of most agents where they just act like they're working this time of year but not really working, <laughs> right. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. I mean, they might be showing candy. up to office meetings, exactly, yeah. okay? So let's be honest, guys, for the traditional agent, uh, Halloween marks the end of the work year. I mean, that's pretty much the way it's always right. been. Don't know why, but that is, does seem to be the phenomena. So, Jules, mm-hmm. when you have somebody who's mm-hmm. really still focused on accomplishing their goals, and they need to keep their momentum. And yet everywhere they turn is discouraging in terms of like, oh, well, you know, agents saying things like, you know, you don't need to work this hard and we're going to go to a party and all those types of Ugh. headwinds, those little emotional, you know, negative seeds that are planted in other agents' minds. How do you help, yeah. how do you help your clients to keep their heads screwed on straight? Well, first, if it's agent-generated and you're feeling negative and sort of drained by other agents because you went to some office meeting or some office party, I just ask them, why did they go to that? Unless it was a past client party, why are you doing that? They're not going to list or buy with you. Don't you have some goals that we're rounding the bend on? Of course they're going to drag you down. Those are not your colleagues. Your colleagues are the superstar interviews. Your colleagues are people who are supportive to you. They're not agents saying, hey, let's go. Like sometimes I see emails floating around like, bocce ball party in the parking lot 2 p.m. today like really (laughs) i know seriously what is that okay i know now if it's you throwing a party for your past clients and it's a center of influence event where you'll be prospecting that's okay but if it's a big agent party doing nothing except complaining about whatever and you're going to leave depressed i mean let's think this through guys so it depends on what it's generated from if they're picking up negativity from other places, I always try and find out, is that because you're sitting in front of CNN all day long and you're getting your mindset screwy? I always redirect them to some very bite-sized pieces, 
most of my coaching clients have a specific how many listings they'll take by our next call and how are you going to do it type of thing that we're pursuing. A lot of them are polishing their pre-listing packages, very sort of micro-task-oriented, bite-sized implementations that they can have a victory about that are also related to making money and moving their business forward versus thinking, oh, my gosh, I got 15 deals more to do this year. How am I going to do it? Well, that can demotivate you. So just take it in one week at a time, bite-sized pieces. That's why you have a coach, to keep the train on the tracks. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you the seven best ways to make money now in your real estate business. So get ready to take great notes. We'll be back in about a minute. According to the National Association of Realtors, only 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need one too. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today, Tim and Julie Harris. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to what HGTV star and Atlanta top producer Colette McDonald has to say. Hi, my name is Colette McDonald, and I'm with Remax in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to Tim and Julie Harris. I've been a coaching client of theirs for the last four years. When I first started in this business 12 years ago, I was very successful, did a great amount of business, averaged between eight and 10 million a year. When I contracted with Tim and Julie to be my graduate level coaches, my production increased by 20% per year. I am now trending 30 million this year. That's amazing results over four years of working with Tim and Julie Harris. I highly recommend them. Tiger Woods has a coach. And why does he have a coach? Because he can't see his swing. If you do what they tell you to, you will see huge results. I am living proof. Only Tim and Julie Harris provide powerful one-on-one coaching along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action now and visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. There's no risk, no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's market. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Okay, we are back. Julie, so let's just jump right uh, back in. Seven proven ways to make you money now. Julie, point number one. All right, and none of these are fluffy points, so let's make sure you guys are taking notes. You do this right, you'll have your best fourth quarter ever, and you'll set yourself up to have next year be your best year ever. So this is serious stuff. Point number one, and probably the most important thing, because the other four points won't really matter if you can't get this one right. Number one, become the best lead generator you know. Understand all the different ways you are lead generating, prospecting, marketing, paid leads, not paid leads, referral fee leads. Do you know what your sources are, and are you working them at the best of your ability? Are you systematizing the ones that are able to be systematized? How clear are you on your lead generation? And can you honestly say you are the best in your office, in your town, in your state even, 
at generating leads. Because if you don't know how you're doing this or how to go about it, and it's okay if you don't, hire a coach to help you figure it out. But then the rest of the points don't matter so much because point number two is to become the best at relentless lead follow-up. So it would follow that if you don't have leads to follow up on, point number two is useless to you. So concentrate on one. If you got that figured out, let's move on to best at relentless lead follow-up. Never end the day with leads you have not called. That'll mean that the total time you spend daily on lead follow-up is less, and you won't have this stack of very daunting you know, emails and three-by-five cards and all those other ways that you're keeping track. Just simply follow up within five minutes of receiving any type of lead unless you're on an appointment, and then make the commitment that you will follow up on that lead as soon as you're done with your appointment. Use a script when you are doing lead follow-up. Don't just wing it. And yes, you should leave messages. Otherwise, how will they know that you're trying to help them? Make sense, Tim? Well, also, you know, another thing is the faster, Julie said this, but it's really critical that the faster you follow up, the more, the higher probability you have of getting the business. When you use a great system like 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM, it's an absolute proven fact that, you know, we track this, that the agents who call back within one minute, or something like 75% of the time they're going to get the lead. They call back within three minutes, there's like a 50% chance they're going to get the lead. And they call back within five minutes, there's like a 25% chance they're going to get the lead. So it's, it's just there's no question that whoever gets the lead the fastest is always, almost always going to get the client, and that's the person that's going to get the sale. If there's one thing that if I could like grant to all of you guys, if you know, Julie and I were given one wish that we're allowed to give to all of our, our current coaching clients and our future coaching clients, it would be very simply – uh, I would wish that all these guys would miraculously and magically start doing lead follow-up within one minute. Because I know by doing that, all of them would have their incomes double, if not triple, within the next 12 months. Simply yeah. calling everyone back. Yes, I know. You get some of your leads through. Yeah, quickly, immediately. You know, it, I don't care where it comes from. If it's an email, if it's a, obviously a phone call, if it's an SMS, if it's a whatever, you call all of them back immediately. When is the last time you guys had um, someone provide a level of service like that for you? You know, if it's ever happened, you remember because it happens so infrequently. So all you've got to do basically is be the person that's really efficient at doing fast lead follow-up, and you will get the sale. You're going to impress upon them that they're the, you know, frankly, you're the person that they want to be working with. Julie, what's the next point? (laughs) I was thinking about what's happening in our backyard right now. Electricians that you called yesterday said, why, yes, it would be our pleasure to show up tomorrow morning within five minutes of your call, and had they not, you would have been keeping on calling electricians until you found somebody that said that. That's how leads get lost, by the way, guys. Okay, so number three, become the best at pre-qualifying both buyers and seller leads. Become the best at pre-qualifying them. You guys all like to whine and complain, well, I had this lead and I thought they were going to do something, and now they don't seem like they're going to do anything. Well, how many questions did you ask them before you either showed up in their kitchen or continue to talk to them on the phone or put them in your car to show them if they're a buyer. Ask pre-qualifying questions. An interesting call this morning with somebody in a resort market, and we talked about how they have to dig deeper to find out if they're comparing, you know, she lives in Tampa. Are they comparing Tampa to Myrtle Beach to Charleston to Miami? You know, they're not just considering moving to her town. They might also be meeting with three or four other agents in other towns. So depending on your situation, you may need to dig even deeper on your pre-qualifying. Some of you guys don't know the difference between a pre-qualified buyer and a pre-approved buyer, but that's a different call. 
So make sure that you're clear on that, but become the best at actually pre-qualifying before you go to those appointments. And by the same token, don't get stuck over pre-qualifying and looking for reasons not to meet with someone. You've got to have a good balance to that. All things we teach in coaching. Number four, become the best presenter that you know for both buyers and listings. So use our pre-listing package 100% of the time, not just when you think you're competing that you might possibly be competing that you're not sure because you don't pre-qualify. Use it 100% of the time. It will save you a lot of trouble. Use our proven home selling system, the listing presentation, when your pre-listing package doesn't get you all the way there. How about buyers? Another common complaint. I'm running around buyers. I don't know if they're ever going to buy or not. Well, what would happen if you presented to your buyers in the same professional manner that you present to your sellers and actually had your buyers in buyer agency contract? Why do you treat buyers less than you treat your sellers and then complain about them? So if you looked at your buyer inventory the way you look at your listing inventory, how would your buyer scenario change? I mean, Tim, you hear about that from agents. Oh, I'm working, running, these buyers are running me ragged. I don't know if they're ever going to buy or not. And then we ask, are you using a buyer agency? Almost never. Well, I mean, what you're really describing essentially is the mindset that, you know, you wouldn't work with a seller and start the selling process unless they signed a contract, unless they committed to work with you exclusively, unless, mm -hmm. you know, there was paperwork signed. And yet you guys oftentimes will go out and start working with buyers, and you don't have any contracts signed. You don't have anything signed. There's no anything. real attachment that they have to you. So why is it that you make a seller have a higher standard of taking your time than you would, say, a buyer? I mean, this doesn't really even make any sense. You know what's funny about that? It's, you know, you're not allowed to, quote, advertise or put your sign in the yard of a listing that you don't have an agreement with the seller. What would happen right. if the same rule were to apply? You're not allowed to go show property to a buyer unless you had a commitment. That would change everything overnight, wouldn't it? Yeah, it sure would. I mean, you know, and the reality of it is, is you guys are afraid to ask buyers for commitments. Well, the agents that are afraid to ask buyers for commitments are generally speaking the same agents that are afraid to uh, or don't have a lot of listings or have yet to learn how to be listing agents. Isn't it interesting? So the recurring theme with the agents that don't know how to be listing agents and the same agents that don't ask for buyer agency contract sign is you guys ultimately are, you're, are, you're afraid to ask people to commit to you. Why are you afraid to ask people to commit to you? That's really the drill down think about from this. What is it about? They don't want to hear no. Well, they don't want to hear no, but they know ultimately they don't know how to overcome the objections or the sellers asking, you know, questions that would make them uncomfortable. So you guys kind of paint these worst case scenarios in your head of things that might happen if you ask from a commit for a commitment from a buyer or seller. You know, you can't list a house, as we said, as you know, you can't list a house without a listing contract. You should have and we do talk about this on the radio show and coaching students we talk about this in real estate coaching essentials. You need to have minimum standards with your buyers before you even consider working with them. You know, you really do need to take your time seriously. And when you do, I have news for you. You actually are going to get better quality buyers. When you say Mr. Buyer, you have to be actually approved, not just pre-approved or pre-qualified, actually approved. When you say Mr. Buyer, you have to essentially, if you have a house for sale, it has to be listed with me, or if it's an out-of-town listing, it has to be actually physically for sale. You have to have realistic expectations. You can't basically, you know, 
be on a uh, you know, mobile home budget and, and be wanting a mansion. You know, they have to be responsive. I'm just giving you some for examples of some minimum standards. They have to be responsive to any new listings that you share with them. So if something comes for sale that you think will be a good uh, match for what they're looking for, and you tell them about it, and they get back with you two or three days later. That's not a motivated, you know, that's not a motivated buyer. And and the most important one, obviously, is they have to be committed to working with you. And the best way to do that is have them sign a buyer agency agreement. Have them sign a buyer agency agreement if you'd like and include an easy exit listing. You know, if for some reason I'm not living up to your expectations, you can fire me with, you know, 24 hours or 48 hour notice. You know, so the reality of it is, guys, is you need to start setting minimum standards for the buyers you work with. And then the buyers that won't commit to those things aren't real buyers. You stop wasting your yeah, time. The cream rises to the crop they? and you make money faster. If they don't, they either don't have confidence in you and you need to polish your presentation or they don't have any confidence in their own ability to actually follow through and actually buy, both of which are issues. Okay, So, when, you know, it's funny. Agents spend all this time living in fear of the unknown, and yet they perpetuate it by not using scripts and not asking those tough questions. They almost cause that unknown scenario to happen. They're just dragging out the time frame it takes to find it out. <laughs> so be careful with this, guys. Become the best presenter you know. The other thing with regards to presenting, Tim, you know, when we talk about this from time to time, we drill down on the pre-listing package because it makes such a massive impact on making these guys into really killer listing agents. And still we hear a lot of times agents will say, well, I don't know if I really need to go to the extent to do that because I don't really compete on the things that I have. Well, if you're not at the level that you want to be doing what you're already doing, that means that you're probably going to have to learn to compete and add some pipelines which will cause you to have to compete which means you need a pre-listing package. So just because it hasn't come up yet, don't be one of these agents that doesn't get off the dime on that project until you have your butt kicked in a competitive listing presentation. That's the typical scenario. Go ahead. That's right. And guys, the market's recovering, uh, obviously. In many cases, it's rebounding. No question that we're in this a new real estate boom. And you guys don't believe me. Well, look in the MLS and look around at, you know, go to the MLS. Here's a little torturous experiment you guys can all do. Go to the MLS, add up how many properties closed in August, right, last month, add up the dollar amount, MLS will do it for you, multiply that times 6%. So that's the amount of money that realtors earned last month in commissions from sales. How many of those went to you? So if you think, if you're not convinced that we're in a recovery and granted different parts of the country are recovering faster than others, let alone a real full-fledged, full-blown real estate boom, which we absolutely are, go to the MLS and do some math, and that will encourage you. Or in some cases, let's be honest, it might discourage you. Again, guys, I say this constantly, and I hope you're hearing me. If you're not participating in this new real estate boom, you are the problem, and you need to do something about it. And remember, you can always ask for a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Next point, Julie. Perfect. The next point is number five, become the best negotiator that you know. And I think we did a radio show specifically about negotiating some time back, but the point is to be the best negotiator. Really great negotiators don't give up. They don't get into arguments with the other side. They understand that the definition of negotiating is bringing two parties together to a mutually great outcome, not making the seller bleed or some of these crazy phrases that we hear agents trying to just go to the mat. And, you know, I think sometimes agents think that that's how they earn their commission by trying to be that hard-nosed, you know, pain-in-the-neck person when, in fact, your job is to keep the deal together or to create the deal in the first place and have a mutually beneficial outcome 
not to feel like, you know, you were the, you know, you shoved that down their throat or some of the other things that I've heard some of you guys say. So become the best negotiator. That means you actually negotiate. That means you get deals done. You hold deals together. So rules for that, well, you're never allowed to be the one that gives up. You can't let a deal die on your plate. You, you can bounce it back or accept it, but you can't let it die. Always counter, even if it's a super low-ball offer. Always counter-offer something. And don't be obnoxious about it like counter-offering by 500 bucks. Do something. Give them something. Okay, pay for a home warranty if you have to. Show that you're willing to play ball. Be creative in your solutions. Realize that when you're negotiating, it's not always all about price. Sometimes it's about terms and conditions and keeping that stainless steel refrigerator. I can't count how many times you and I <laughs> had to counter or ask for a stupid stainless steel refrigerator that would make or break the deal. Just deal with it and get the deal done, but don't become part of the problem. So negotiation on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 meaning you get your deals done and you don't lose deals, and 1 meaning you don't really understand negotiation at all and you live in fear of the home inspection, you live in fear of a non-full listing price offer, Okay, how would you rate yourself and what do you need to do about it? So being a great negotiator will make you more money because you don't let your deals die. Point number six, ABC, always be closing. And Tim, I, whenever I, I coach this, I always have this vision of, you know, you and I had had a really great listing week, and we walk in, we're all cocky, talking to our, our broker, Rory, and we're like, we just took three listings, we went on three, and we took three. And he looked at us, and he said, well, obviously, you're not going on enough appointments, and you're not closing hard enough, or otherwise, you would have heard no sometime this week. You remember that? And we're like, I sure do, of course. Uh, but, you know, the, <laughs> the but Julie's point, and I hear this again, this goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the call. I mean, you guys sometimes are afraid to close. Uh, because, well, first of all, what is closing? I mean, we should define that. There is no, we don't have, in our real estate coaching essentials program, we don't have this big, huge section on fancy closes, because the fact is, is if you're having to rely on some sort of, you know, seller closing pick-me-up line type thing, it's not going to work. If you are not selling the seller ahead of time through your pre-listing package, you're not going to take any listings. And, you know, the fact is, is that that's the whole point of the pre-listing package. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are using it and you'll love it and you understand the power of it. Um, but really a closing is simply sign the contract, please. There's not a lot to the uh, close when you're, you're getting the paperwork signed when you're following our system. There just isn't. Because well, you've look taken at it this way. The, the real definition of closing is the logical ending to a great presentation. So some of you guys don't close because the issue is with the presentation. You don't you have one. You set yourselves up for, a, for an awkward close because you haven't handled their objections by the time you get to the close. And if you present in your cookie-cutter fashion, you sign yourself up to hear all of their objections. What's an objection? An unanswered question in the mind of your prospect. So if you set yourself up to get nothing but objections by the time you're done presenting, Closing becomes massively harder because it's not the logical ending to a great presentation. You're, it's an attempt to get out of the objections, and that's why you find you yourself guys, being being back. But go ahead. Are you guys listening to what we're presenting to you today? Are you really paying attention? Are you have you listened to the past radio shows? I know tens of thousands of you listen to us every month, but are you really hearing what we're saying to you? Have an organized approach. Uh, be professional. Be practiced. In many cases, be scripted. Uh, follow some sort of you know predictable pattern when you're talking to sellers, predictable pattern when you go to their houses, predictable pattern when you're negotiating contracts. I mean, all this stuff is what professionals do, and not just in the real estate industry, but in any business. 
any business where you find somebody who is at the top of their game, you're going to find, for the most part, 90% of their day is filled with doing the same thing over and 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 over again. But they've gotten really good at it. If you ever study successful people, guys, and I don't care what the industry is, they are really, really, really freaking good at one or two things, not ten. Maybe for you guys, honestly, if you're really, really good at lead generation, really, really good at listing houses, really, what else matters? Nothing. <laughs> you know, It would all sort itself out. So every single uh, top earner, by the way, the highest paid people in the world are salespeople. Hopefully you guys know that. And the reality of it is, is that those salespeople and the president and the doctors and the, anyone else who's really successful in their life, they are, for the most part, saying the same thing, doing the same thing every single day. As we always will remind you guys, repetitious boredom pays off. And, and truly, the key to long-term success is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So, Julie, the next point? Next point is lather, rinse, repeat, meaning go back and lead generate, pre-qualify, lead follow-up, present, negotiate, and close. Go do it over and over and over and over and over because repetitious boredom does indeed pay off. So, Julie, I've been getting a lot of uh, inquiries, people sending emails, thanking us for our radio show, letting me know what they're listening to, letting me know what they're getting from it, and I appreciate all that. And I also noticed there's this new phenomenon that people are trying to pigeonhole us into one form of lead generation. I had uh, maybe, I don't know, half dozen various forms of communication from you guys this week where you're trying to understand, okay, there's the by referral only and there's the cold calling guy and there's the direct response guy and there's the, you know, those types of things. So you guys, in your minds, you have it in your minds, and, and this is the wrong way to think. You must believe that there's only one way to be successful in real estate and that's not true. Remember, you know, you guys refer to us as being authentic, and, and I appreciate that. That's where I got that because I kept on hearing it from you guys because you know we've sold real estate at a high level for a long time. You know we've been you know coaching some of the nation's top producing realtors for a long time. So when it comes to being there and done that, we've been there and we've done that. And I'm here to tell you, there, when it comes to lead generation specifically, um, you have to have multiple lead generation spokes going on. It's the bicycle wheel analogy uh, current coaching students, you guys are familiar with this. If not, go to Real Estate Coaching Essentials and listen to the training we did specifically on building your lead generation income wheel. Uh, but there is no one way to generate business. There is no good way and a bad way. Now, there's more profitable ways, that's for sure. But at the end of the day, every one of you guys are different. Your personalities are different. Uh, so when you hire, when you hire us to be your coach, we're not, if you want to know the truth, we're not going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time trying to make you good at something that you're really bad at. We're going to find what you're really good at, and we're going to make you better at it. Why? Because it's going to make you more money. A lot of times you guys are hooking yourselves into these long-term coaching contracts. Remember, we don't have contracts. And, you know, you guys are not finding success in those programs because it turns out they are only teaching you one way to generate leads. And it turns out that's not a good match for your personality. And then you basically end up spending, in some cases, 12000 15000 I had someone yesterday who was with a coaching program, Julie, I didn't tell you about this, paying $1,500 a month. And get this, here's the best part. Only two coaching calls a month, and they were stuck in a contract. Did I tell you about that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was my answer. So didn't like the program, thought that they were, you know, all had all these – no, this was a competitor of ours where – that person, that coaching company, 
had built the idea up in this agent's mind that you don't have to do anything proactive. You can run all these sort of bait-and-switchy type ads, direct response mm-hmm. ads, and the phone calls will come to you, and the email uh-huh. leads will come to you. Okay, well, there was some truth to that. He was getting a lot of leads, but when he actually sat down to calculate, he was spending $6,000 a month to generate these leads uh, and in addition to that, he was paying $1,500 a month for two coaching calls. And wow. he did he did a little pen and paper, figured out how mm-hmm. much money he made, figured out how much money he spent, and realized mm-hmm. that basically he would have been better off if he'd been working at McDonald's for minimum wage that's in terms scary. of the hours he was investing. Well, and he would have had benefits the reality of McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he would have had health benefits. Oh, and not to yeah. mention a lot of free hamburgers, right? There you go. Yeah. Well, so anyway, guys, I didn't mean to get on this rant, but the bottom line is, is we are not just going to say this is our way of doing things when it comes to lead generation. We are going to get to know you guys, and then we're going to coach you to your strengths. And if you won't or can't or it's just not a fit for you to do certain things, then obviously we're not going to bother trying to bend your arms to get you to do And we're not going to make you feel bad about it if that's not going to be your cup of tea. That's right. We're going to figure out what makes you feel good and do more of it and monetize that. That's a lot more fun anyway. No more calls or emails or comments on Facebook where you're asking us to tell you what our lead generation source is because we don't do that. Okay, And we're not going to do that. Now I've explained it for the bazillionth time. That's not how you build a business. Nobody ever. That's yeah, that's right. No one ever builds a business. No top producers that we coach, no top producers we've ever interviewed, ever just do one thing. They always do five to seven different things. That's just a fact. So if you need help understanding that, obviously go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And Julie and I are um, both late for a coaching call. (laughs) So we'll talk with you guys on the radio tomorrow. Have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.